ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Super Sarah is the Queen of Wollonga and the winner of the Santos Tour Down Under. That's Victorian Sarah Gigante winning the Women's Tour Down Under. She's barely raced in the last 12 months, but that didn't stop her cracking her rivals on Wollonga Hill in the final stage. Who is the 23-year-old champion and what's next for her in 2024? And the men's race gets underway tomorrow with Jack Haig back down under for the tour and there's a fresh face to keep an eye on for Team Jaco Alula. It's a big week for Aussie cycling. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily. Matt Keenan can probably only be described as Australia's voice of cycling. He's working on the coverage of the Tour Down Under at the moment, but he's also covered the Tour de France and just about everything else cycling related. Matt, I want to start with Sarah Gigante, winner of the Women's Tour yesterday. She won the race with a ballsy move on Wollonga Hill in the final stage. Talk to me about her race. Uh, her performance to win the stage up Wollonga Hill was one of the best performances that we've ever seen in the history of this race. She's the queen of Wollonga and she wants to keep her crown. She puts on the crunch and the others are crumbling. Because it was a day where it was really windy and Sarah is a petite pint-sized pocket rocket climber. <laughs> and the best way to get rid of a climber is to have a flat windy stage and that's what they had until they got to the bottom of Wollonga Hill. And actually, with 40, 45 kilometres to go, Sarah lost contact with the leaders. She was caught out of position. And when you're riding in windy conditions, if you are in the slipstream, it's 30% easier. And they managed to get Sarah in a position where she wasn't in the slipstream. Others were working together and she slipped off the back. She has already done so much work to this point of the race, Sarah Gigante. We knew this was going to be a potential problem for her. Fortunately, she had... A couple of key teammates, one of them, Tasmania's Anya Lowe, another one being the New Zealand champion, Ali Wollaston. They clawed their way back, got in contact with the peloton. Once she hit the bottom of the climb, she was in a happy place and she blew the race to pieces. It was magnificent. They are experiencing why Sarah Gigante is one of the world-class climbers and look at that gap just opening up. The journey for Sarah to get to this two at hour under victory hasn't exactly been smooth. She's battled injuries, she's battled illness, and she felt like she'd been written off at just age 23. It's pretty tough when you're only 23 and then everyone's, well not everyone, but lots of people think you're like washed up, you know, like sometimes I did too and it was just so hard to keep believing in myself, but I did and my AG Sudal did too and yeah, now we won, so I'm just going to soak it up. How has she overcome all of that for this victory? It's hard to believe, isn't it? 23, almost written off. <laughs> she was she was the star junior. Sarah Gigante at 18 years of age, one of the youngest in the race is now the elite women's Australian road champion. Take a bow. Everything went well for her. You know, she won lots of junior titles at national level. She won a silver medal at junior world championships. She was bringing at school as well. In fact, in her final year at school in year 12, in May, she broke both of her arms. So she had to dictate her assignments to her mum. And then by September, she'd been to the junior world championships and she'd won a silver medal at the Junior World Championships. By the end of the year, she completed her exams in her Year 12 studies, VC in Victoria, and got the perfect score. She was 
unstoppable. <laughs> Six Australian Championship gold medals one year ago, a silver at the World Championships, a perfect score in year 12, and a perfect score around Mount Buninyong. And then she had an amazing performance at the Tour Down Under when it was under the COVID circumstances, and there was no internationals. She dominated all the domestic riders, and then she got picked up by the world's second or third biggest women's team, Movistar. And Everything went wrong from that moment on. She had illness, she had injury, continuous setbacks. And for two years, she didn't achieve any of what Movistar expected her to achieve. Her story is so similar to that of Cadell Evans at the same point. And I see her as the most exciting cyclist we've had on the road since Cadell Evans. Evans, look at his face here. He's charging around this thing. He's making the course as short as possible, clipping off the corners. He is riding to win the Tour de France for Australia today. Cadell, in his first big year on the road, breakout. Tour of Italy, he was in the pink jersey. Everybody thought he's the next big star. Signed by the big German team, Telecom, had two disastrous years, then picked up by a small Belgium team and the rest is history. Sierra's been picked up by a small Belgium team and the ball is rolling again. That's a really exciting comparison and it's hard to believe that comeback for her. Is this a one-off though, do you think, or is this the start of something really special for the Victorian? This is the equivalent for those that were on the side of the road that hadn't heard of Sarah Gigante beforehand of being in a pub in the 60s in Liverpool and seeing the Beatles for the first time. <laughs> this is just the beginning. You will be hearing the name of Sarah Gigante for the next 10 plus years. She is only 23. Endurance athletes don't reach their peak until you know around 28 to 32. Ted Evans won the Tour de France at 34. He's the only Australian to have won the men's Tour de France. I believe Sergio Gante is capable of winning the women's Tour de France. Not yet, but at some point in the future. That is very exciting for Australian cycling fans. The men's event starts tomorrow, and I do want to touch on a couple of the Aussies. But first, I want to touch on Brit Simon Yates. He was the runner-up last year. He's the only member of last year's top 10 in this year's race. Does he go one better in 2024, do you think? No, I don't. I like your rationale and you make perfect sense, but I don't think so. I think that Simon Yates, he'll be close. He's definitely a contender. Yates got it wrong a few days ago. This time he timed it into the slipstream, up and over the top. Yates gets the stage victory firmly in second place. I think he'll be working for his teammate. I think he'll be working for the new recruit across to the big Australian team. And I think he'll be working for Luke Platt. So that's the role I see Simon Yates potentially playing this week. I want to ask you about Luke Plapp. He is the same age as Sarah Gigante. So they're both these sort of young up-and-comers. Jayco Alula is his new team, as you touched on. He's just joined that team, along with the likes of, of course, Caleb Ewan. And as you touch on Simon Yates, he was recently crowned Australian national champion in the road race, the time trials. Plapp caught wheeling. He attacked and he won solo. Last year, the time trial. This year, the road race. His new team, Ineos Grenadiers, no doubt delighted. Who is this kid? <laughs> He's a superstar is what he is. And you know how success breeds success? If you look at Sarah Gigante, she started at the Brunswick Cycling Club. Luke Platt started at the Brunswick Cycling Club. Recently crowned Australian women's road champion, Ruby Roseman Gannon, also from the Brunswick Cycling Club. <laughs> it's this tiny club of about 200 members and they've got three of the best cyclists in the world. They're doing something right with their junior program. But Luke Plapp, he wasn't always destined to be a cyclist. He actually got a scholarship to go to one of the sports schools in Melbourne for cricket 
his childhood hero was Brendan Favola. He wanted to play cricket and football. It just turned out he's a way better bike rider. <laughs> it is three for Plap. What is it about Luke Plap that has team Jacob Alula going all in on this guy? Yeah, and I believe they've made a good decision with it. He's got He's got a really good perspective on life and he can deal with pressure. And that's super important when you're a team leader. That was uh, amazing out there, I think, from the gun. We had everything under control. In terms of his physiology, the best comparison that I have with Luke Platt is the Welsh rider, Garrett Thomas. Garrett Thomas was a star on the track, won Olympic gold medals on the track. Luke Platt has been a star on the track up until this point. Garrett Thomas went on to win the Tour de France. Luke Plapp has really similar physical characteristics to Garrett Thomas. He hasn't achieved what Thomas has achieved yet, but he's on the right path. And I think that is the perfect role model for Luke Plapp. And just like Sarah Gigante, I believe he is a potential challenger for a top three finish at the Tour de France. I want to ask you about another Aussie, and that's Jack Haig. It's really exciting to have him back at the Tour Down Under. Last year, he finished inside the top 20 at the Giro d'Italia and inside the top 30 in the Tour de France. He's 30 years of age, and you've touched on sort of some of those cyclists who have really achieved things in their 30s. Do you get the feeling his best cycling is still ahead of him in 2024? I hope so, because I've got a soft spot for him. (laughs) He's one of the guys that I watched grow up, actually, as a mountain bike rider as a junior. And as you know, in commentary, you're not meant to be biased, but it's hard (laughs) when you watch someone that was 15, 16 and had stars in their eyes. And Jack is one of these guys that doesn't really need much of the people around him pumping his tyres up. He's really an independent operator. This is his first time back in Australia for eight years. So he wants to come back here and make a really big impact. I think that this year we'll see Jack Haig, his main focus will be the Tour de France. I think he can finish in the top 10 at the Tour de France. And I believe that he can challenge for the top five here at the Tour Down Under. Not quite win it, but challenge for the top five. So before I let you go, who do you think will be our winner this weekend? It's going to be the Brunswick double. If Sarah Gigante wins the women's race, Luke Platt wins the men's race. There's something in the water in Brunswick. Matt Keenan, thanks so much for your time and enjoy the rest of the Tour Down Under. It's great. Thank you. Headlines. We're into day two of the Australian Open and we have our first upset of the tournament. Seventh seed Marketa Vondrusova has been knocked out by Ukrainian Diana Yastremska in straight sets. Overnight, world number one Novak Djokovic overcame a first round scare after being pushed for over four hours by the 187th ranked Dino Prismic. Get a return back. Prismic sits up for Djokovic's backhand, can't get the return, and Djokovic prevails. Tremendous points and to finish a great match. Novak's moving on. He takes down the 18-year-old qualifier who gave him all he could handle tonight. Reigning champion Arena Sabalenka dished out a brutal first loss, beating Ella Seidel 6-love, 6-1. As for the Aussies, Chris O'Connell made it through to the second round in a five-setter against Christian Guerin. Storm Hunter is through in straight sets in what is her first singles win at her home slam. And in an all-Aussie affair, Alexi Popperin knocked out Mark Pullmans. Dane Sweeney, Adam Walton, Jason Kubler and Taylor Preston also exited in the first round. Alex Dimonor gets his campaign underway tonight against Milos Reinich and we caught up with Alex last week and that episode is in the show notes. Plus, you can hear the Australian Open live and ad-free on the ABC Listen app. Football and Mary Fowler only played 23 minutes in Manchester City's Women's FA Cup match but that was all she needed to make an impact. Picked up by Fowler and in the back of the net... 
Man City beat Durham 4-0 in their fourth round match and Chelsea are adjusting to life without Sam Kerr but still managed to win over West Ham, handing Katrina Gorry a loss on debut for her new team. And have you ever been cold at the footy? Well, spare a thought for fans of Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team, aka the Chiefs, who played their playoffs wildcard match against the Dolphins in minus four degrees Fahrenheit, which I've done the maths, is minus 20 degrees Celsius. The Chiefs got the win 26 to seven, but it makes six degrees in July at the MCG seem simply balmy. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Joel Cassam. Thanks to SBS, Channel 7, Road National Championships and the Women's FA Cup for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.